0: This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine.
1: And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin.
0: The helpline is open. Nicole, I'm going to read you an email that I received, and I want you to tell me if this person sounds impressive.
1: Okay. Okay. I love your emails.
0: That's what I got. Okay, so this email arrived in my inbox. It is from a publicist, and the subject line is The Next Elon, and here is what it says. Hi, Jason. Count on one notion in tech that innovation and the leaders behind it will never sit still. Case in point is this person. I'm not going to out them. The charismatic CEO and founder of a company... A man who may be the next Elon Musk. He possesses the brilliance to lead a dedicated team developing cutting-edge technologies combined with business acumen and a strong risk tolerance to go where others won't. Nicole, are you compelled to learn more about the next Elon Musk?
1: This feels like a game show. Like, you went into game show.
0: I did go into game show mode. Well, you know, maybe $10,000 is riding on your answer. Are you excited about this person? No why
1: because feels like you're not the next Elon like <laughs> if you need to oversell something it's like the adage you know rich people don't have to say they're rich powerful people don't have to say they're powerful I think that goes on to say, like, if you're classy, you don't need to say you're classy. If you're a lady, you don't need to say you're a lady or something like that. And I think that if you need to make this grandiose analogy, then you're probably not that thing.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And let's talk about why we're talking about this. It's because on this episode, we're going to talk about building trust by not overselling yourself. It is a thing people instinctively do is that they will try to talk themselves up. They will George Santos their way into embellished resumes, George Santos being that congressman who lied about everything. And I think they do it because they reasonably fear that in a very crowded world, it's hard to stand out. And so you need to shout. And you need to seem bigger than you are to get attention and then hopefully do something with that attention. But I think the argument that we're going to make here, with many an example, is that doing that actually has the counterproductive effect of making you seem even smaller.
1: You run the risk of it backfiring, right? Like, if you can back it up, okay.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: But the chances are it's it's better to beat low expectations. Than to set high expectations and try to beat those.
0: That's totally right. So I like to think of this as story inflation, at least when you're telling your story. And the thing with the next Elon is, yeah, if. If this person actually was the next Elon, then you would have already heard of him. But if you're going to say the next Elon and then send me an email about someone I've never heard of, I'm immediately going to think this person is not the next Elon. And therefore, they seem smaller and less significant. The way that I like to compare it is, you know, Nicole, if I had told you that I am a giant of a man and you had never (laughs) met, I am a Nicole, I am a giant of a man. And then we met. And I was only five seven, which is how tall I actually am. You would have You're thought five seven? I'm five seven. No way. Is that surprising because it's shorter or taller than you thought I was?
1: Shorter. Ah,
0: because I'm a giant of a man.
1: I thought you were like five ten, like a Jewish six feet. <laughs> I thought no. i did not know that i just thought you were like an <laughs> an average size man
0: yeah that sounds like now you're setting up and it turns out you're not an average size man turns out you're a <laughs> tiny man <laughs> a tiny man who lives in a a little hole under the stairs and i feed him <laughs> i leave little sandwiches for him
1: but like five seven i love you jason five seven is like <laughs> Is what is is that the average? It's slightly shorter than the average?
0: I no, I think I'm I think I'm shorter than average. I'm I'm not a tall man. I didn't know. Well, I feel like this this is a real validator of the point, which is that I, had I had I talked myself up, you would have seen me and said, "What a short, small guy!" <laughs> and instead, you thought that I was not a short, small guy until I drew attention to it, and now you do think I'm a short, small guy. But anyway, the point is that it's all about. The expectation you set, and then how you live up to that expectation. The next Elon guy is not the next Elon, and therefore he seems tiny. But had they come to me with something that was realistically sized for this person who has surely accomplished plenty of things? I mean, look, this person has a PhD in nuclear physics, I'm learning from this email, but I gotta go a bunch of paragraphs down to learn that instead of nonsense about the next Elon. So when you overinflate your story, All you do, I think, is look small in comparison to the fake story that you're telling instead of what you could have done, which is told the real story of you, which would have been perfectly sized.
1: See what you did there? I
0: did. (laughs) I'm pleased.
1: I think there's a balance too, right? The the most successful people I know are the most self-deprecating people. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't want to be so self-deprecating that it's weird, right? There's a sweet spot of self-deprecation. Or self-aggrandizing right so you also don't want to be like i'm the shortest man in the (laughs) history of the world like you're not and a pitch would also be bad if a publicist was like pay no attention to this man (laughs) like (laughs) he's no one (laughs) he's making a bullshit company right You, you want to somehow connote your expertise in the Goldilocks way not too hot and not too Mm -hmm. cold and Mm -hmm. that's the trick right is finding what's just right in the self-promotional world and it's different in if you're in this sort of pitching world I get the impetus behind this publicist's email to stand out amidst so many pitches you're getting. But like, I was just thinking about my social media bios, for instance, and my first instinct was to say, well, should I add MNN? Should I add Mm -hmm. like the handle that we're doing, which is so cool on uh, Instagram that we have at Money News? And then I was like, my instinct was to say like, Money News intern, right? Like I'm not the intern. (laughs) Um, I sometimes feel that way, but you know, it's not to be like, You know, I have an aversion to like this sort of founder, CEO, like next Elon thing. And I think sometimes I err on the opposite extreme, which is maybe has served me or maybe it hasn't. I don't know. But I don't think that that's the best uh, alternative to what you're
0: saying. You know, what you were saying there about, well, you don't want to pitch yourself as like the person you don't want to pay attention to. I once got a pitch (laughs) by a woman named Lisa Q, Q Q-U, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the subject line, I just pulled it up. The subject line was, the least successful Forbes 30 under 30 you've ever met, question mark. And I found this to be totally charming because I opened it. And it was really a story about this brutal 2020 that she had and how the pandemic had completely rocked her business. And then all the things that she did to think through how to fix it. And I, I just thought it was wonderful. I remember doing, I can't remember what I did because it was a couple of years ago, but I did something with her because of that pitch. Because, you know, I feel like the, the line that you want to walk when you're being self-deprecating is you still want to be in control of your story. Right? You don't want to make someone feel uncomfortable or awkward by hearing you put yourself down. But if you make a joke... Or you position yourself in a way in which you feel like you've earned what's going to come after. You're going to say, this didn't work out, but I am in control of my story and this is what happened next. Then that is compelling.
1: Well, the difference there between Lisa's email and the publicist that shall remain nameless is that Lisa was talking about herself and this publicist was talking about somebody else. Right. And if my publicist sent... a pitch that said the least successful of my clients which I probably am I would be mortified and so it's charming when you say it about yourself It's, Mm. it's not charming if somebody else says it about
0: you that's fair that's
1: where like the EQ comes in right
0: that's a great point which is all the more reason to make sure that you are taking control of the way in which you present other people don't leave it to other people to tell your story stick around Help Wanted we'll be right back Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. So this tees up, I think, a very interesting question, which is when you are in a situation where you want to appear impressive or you want to make sure people at least understand that you're not a slouch, how do you describe yourself? How do you explain what you do? Because I have met people who at a party will rattle off their whole resume where they'll tell me a whole lot about themselves. And I find that to be totally obnoxious, but I understand the impulse. I, You know, when I'm meeting someone for the first time, I just, particularly if it's going to be in a professional context, I want to signal to them in some way that like, I am an accomplished person who maybe you want to know, but I don't want to be like, oh, well, let me tell you all the things that I've done. So how do you handle that?
1: I tend to just downplay I tend to say something like, "Oh, I'm I'm figuring it out." <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> or like,
1: i just I make it weird. I am I I I don't know. I haven't nailed you this do make either.
0: If I met you at a party, if we just had mutual friends and we were at a dinner party, and I said, "Oh, Nicole, what do you do?" You would say, "I'm figuring it out." Probably. I gotta tell you, I think that I would feel weird. I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to ask you next. I,
1: I, I, have, I have that effect on men. <laughs> I, you know, we were at the Zelle thing like a few years ago when we were at this mixer. Did we talk about this?
0: I don't think so. But just just to set it up, we were you and I had gone to a party hosted by Zelle, the banking transfer system.
1: Yeah, we went to a work function where there was a lot of like financial services people, and you know, it was networky like you had a name tag and, and whatever. And it, and it felt transactional, which I don't love. Like, I just don't think that the best relationships in work come from conversations that feel like, what do you do? And like list quick resume and like an elevator pitch. I just I don't like it. I, even if I make other people feel weird, they never see long term relationships that are part of a larger network and not a transactional networking situation. So I remember standing there and you know, in sort of like a little group with everybody holding their drinks and and with their name tags, whatever. And somebody said, well, where are you from? And I said, Los Angeles. Oh, yes, I do remember this. And they all laughed. Everybody laughed. And I was like, what's so funny? Like, I know we're in New York. And they asked again, where are you from? Meaning like, what firm are you with? Or like, yeah. what do you do? Like, tell me right. if you're important <laughs> and whether or not you're worth my time and like, you know, whatever. And so I caught on and, I, and they asked me again, where are you from? And I said, Los Angeles, where are you from?
0: <laughs> and- which, which is weird to me that you held firm on this. Like now you understood what they were asking and you just weren't going to give it to them.
1: No. I wasn't because I just I don't like those exchanges. Why can't you have a conversation that's not about work? Have you been to one of those influencer
0: dinners? I have with John Levy, yeah, where he has all these very impressive people come to his home and then everyone prepares a meal. And the rule is that you cannot talk about work or reveal what you do prior to the meal. And then everyone sits down and goes around and tries to guess what everybody at the table does.
1: That's my least favorite part of it. I find it that part very offensive. But I do enjoy the like making taco night together and not talking about work and talking about other things like I'm from Los Angeles. Let me tell you more about where I grew up and how I had an avocado tree growing up. I don't know. And so I find those relationships and he's like the social scientist and and has studied this stuff and connection. I find those relationships much more interesting and very quickly jump into a place of depth and longevity than anything that you could be like, I work at whatever firm and I've been here for whatever. And before that I was here and then I was an intern and then I was bored. <laughs> you know, I don't know, like going back sort of in your professional history. So I got a bunch of those invitations and I didn't go because I thought that the title was cheesy. Influencer yeah. dinner felt weird. To me.
0: That's what John calls those dinners that I just described. Yes. And
1: he if he listens to the show, he should rename it immediately. But yes. So somebody had suggested I go there. And then this idea of like actually getting to know somebody minus their bona fides resonated with me.
0: Okay. But all that is fine. And I, 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 I sympathize with people not wanting to frame their identities around work and make superficial work connections. But... You are dismissing in that answer the value that sometimes the thing that you need to do is be in a situation like a networking situation or you're meeting someone who possibly is going to be helpful to you in a professional context and that you do need to tell them the thing that you do.
1: Why don't you do it then? Hey, Jason, introduce yourself to me. Who are you? Where are you from? New York. Oh
0: <laughs> ah. hey oh. So here's what I do. If I am in a setting in which being editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine is just a very relevant piece of information to people, like, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm at an event for media and everyone is media in some way, then it's just sort of expected that I'm just gonna say my title or something, then that's just what I say. But If not, you know what I tend to do is I tend to either tell people to start. I say, sometimes I say I run, which I know is kind of obnoxious, but I say I I work at a business magazine. And if that is interesting information to people, then they'll ask for more. And if not, then we'll move on to something else. And what I'm trying to do, I want to figure out how to tell people that I could be relevant to them. Because I think that that is an important thing to be able to do. I mean, that is ultimately the point of that. the next Elon email, is that that person is trying to find a way to make their client relevant to me. I remember talking to a sales coach who had said, the thing that you want to do when you introduce yourself is make someone decide whether you are for them or not. Which is an interesting way of thinking about it. It's a very utility driven way of introducing yourself. But, right, like if the words that came out of your mouth were always, I am a sales coach that helps six figure businesses get to seven and eight figure businesses. Well, like immediately someone's like, oh, well, that is relevant to me, or oh, well, that's not relevant to me. And then you're just filtering the people who you're interacting with for the sole purpose of finding business, which again is not what everyone's going to be doing. What I tend to like to do is, say something upfront that at least signals we have something to talk about. There are things that you could ask me questions about that are going to feel interesting and relevant to both of us. And then to be really alert to the way that somebody thinks or the thing that they're working on or the thing that they're interested in and see if I can find insights from my own experiences that I can share that make them say this is a very smart person and then throughout the conversation introduce a little bit more of what I do I sort of dribble it out oh and then I also I wrote this book or I also I make this podcast but like not front load it so that it looks like I'm being flashy but rather try to it's like number 1 signal shared interest number 2 find value through ideas. Number three, explain the things that I do to build authority. That feels like strategic, but also useful way to drive a conversation that you hope might lead to some business.
1: Yes. And I actually think that when you say I work at a business magazine, it reminds me of people who went to Harvard and say they went to school in Boston. (laughs) Like
0: just say you went to Harvard. It's obnoxious. Yeah.
1: But I get how you are thinking about the recipient and you always come to every conversation from this lens of like, how can I be helpful and how can I be of service and how can I make this easy for you, which is so cool. And I'm so lucky to get to hang with you. I know. That was such a nice moment. But yeah, I truly, I think that the people that say stuff like ah, i'm a coach that makes six figures or like these people online that are like i'll help you make six figures in 6 seconds in 6 days or like whatever i don't know the, this sort of hyper story inflation sales pitch um i have a huge negative aversion to and it's become really popular and it it's made me hate it even more but i do understand what you're saying that there's this sort of sweet spot that you don't want to make it weird or like put the asker down. So, you know, where between story inflation, deflation is that just right area? And yeah, I mean, I would say something like I write books and I I do. I, I really I probably err on the deflation part, but I say like I write books and I do media stuff. And maybe if somebody wants to know more about that, then I'll elaborate. But I recently had a phone call with somebody who was sort of pitching me their service but came from a close friend of mine. And it felt icky in the way that he described what he does, who he worked with, the names he dropped. It made me at the end of the call not want to work
0: with him. That reminds me of, (laughs) I remember when Jen and I were planning our wedding, we were told like, you got to talk to this DJ. Uh, This this guy is the best. And so we get him on the phone. And he was like, I only do extraordinary weddings. I only play extraordinary music. And he like talked like that the whole time. And I could not get away from that guy faster. Because in that case, and maybe this is something that just layers over everything that we're talking about. I don't want to be sold to. I want to make a decision that somebody is of value to me. And the way that you do that is by presenting me with a connection and with information that makes me trust that connection, but you leave it to me to decide whether or not that's going to be of value to me. That's what I ultimately want. I think that the problem Mm. with what you're identifying there with people who are like, I can help you build a business in 32 seconds, is that it is a sell. It is only a sell. It is nothing about relationship. It's nothing about trust. It's just sell. And people don't want to be sold to. They want to discover. And so you need to make yourself discoverable, whether that is on the internet, in an email, or in a conversation. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer.
1: And me, Nicole Lapin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at money news Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance?
0: Oh, I didn't sign up for that.
1: All right, well, talk to you soon.